Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, but scared to kick reality. Okay. After Five Podcast, your after work vibe. I am your host, your boy mm. Nate B, aka Nate Bigger, aka Ooh. Papa Nate Bigger. Goddamn, goddamn Nate Bigger, you feel me? You who feel the me? hell is that? Nate, Nate, motherfucking Bigger. That's who. Uh, aka oh. Papa Nate, aka realest nigga in it. You already know. Got podcast of the year like two and a half times in a row. Had to split it that year with this nigga. Who I am on this show with every single week. Tell the people who you are. Man, it's AC. You know, realest nigga, realest flow. You already know. Right back coming um next Friday. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Friday. So what is that? October the ninth. October the uh, 9th? Yeah, Rap okay. Back dropping October the 9th. Wow, all streaming, all DSP. So, Rap Back. Um, Rap Back ain't waiting. coming soon no more, y'all. Is We got a date. Yes, it's, it's, I mean, it's a date. I mean, it's here. So, Rap Back dropping 10-9. Holy. Um, but y'all know who it is, man. You know, where did you find it? Hey. You'll find it on your streaming services. That's where hey. you found it. Hey. It come out, so. Where'd you find this? You know what I'm saying? So. But yeah, man, you already know what it is. You know, I feel like at this point, you know, I'm not, I don't know how the, our listeners feel about me. I feel like it's some listeners that feel like I'd be with the shit and I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, I have to, I have to feel like there are some listeners that, you know, appreciate what I offer. I have to feel like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I hope so, man. I mean, I know some do because, you know. The same way you got people reach out to you. I mean, I have people reach out to me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, but I do know that I think the majority of people probably don't fuck with what I say, which I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with that. Because sometimes, man, you got to stand firm in the truth and niggas going to hate. Your truth. It is what it is. Like the truth through your eyes. Like I said, sometimes you got to stand, you know, stand tall in the truth. And, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes people won't come to terms with that. But it's all good. I mean, you know. That's why that's why we meet every week, you know, so we can have this dialogue and, you know, I can get my shit off. You get your shit off. But you are confirming that, like, even you understand that the majority of our fans are going to agree with me. No, nah, I don't know about that. It, it depends on the subject. I'll say it depends on the subject. But, um, you know, I'll be worried. I'll be worried about our, our listeners sometimes. And, you know. <laughs> Like I say, I feel like most of the time I'm challenging what is the norm. So like, and people just, they not even willing to even ponder it. So, but some you know, people I are, I mean, I jump. think you, you, what you got to remember is we, we, I think we have fostered a listenership that understands who we are and what we represent on this podcast. You get what I'm saying? Like you are going to challenge what we would assume would be conventional, you know, black thought because like you 
point out almost weekly, like we are not a monolith. So we aren't, we don't all exist and have the same interpretation of what's happening right now. So if you can bring a perspective that challenges people to really think about, okay, what do I align with? What do I agree with? Like who, who am I? Like that's your role. You know what I mean? I feel that. But I just, I, you know, and I said this last week, you know, I just think I'm, I'm misunderstood. You know, I look at myself as being in the middle on a lot of shit, but you know, if you're not on one side, they just assume you're on the other side when the truth is you're in the middle. So, you know, that's where I feel like people misunderstand. I mean, okay. They just assume I'm like against them so, when I'm really for them. Get, to an give me an example. I mean, if, if I had to, I got to go talk about Trump. I mean, you know, I mean, and like realistically speaking about somebody like Trump, like, you know how I always say, you know, I like to be fair. Like, I just want to be fair. Like, I don't care who it is. Like, I like to be fair. If we going to criticize, we need to be fair. W- whenever we talk about scenarios that, you know, even when we talk about social justice and all these different situations that have happened, it's like, I like to be fair. I just want to be fair to everyone, you know, and I want to just speak about the truth. I want to speak about the facts and things like that. But, you know, it's like the mo- the moment you even like put up a, you know, maybe a question or just something for somebody to consider, they immediately feel like, oh, you on the other side. So if I feel like niggas too hard on Trump about a specific topic, they'll say, oh, well, you must support Trump or some shit like, and that's just the dumbest shit ever. When I'm just like, no, it's like somebody like Trump, he say enough bad shit that we don't have to like make some shit that he said that wasn't too bad a bigger deal when he say enough horrible shit like so i'm just like let's just stick to the you know the shit that's really of concern not this little shit that niggas be focused on that's really not that important but that don't mean i support trump you know what i mean it's just like i don't know i just want niggas to be fair in their criticism like i don't feel like i'm asking a lot i don't feel like i'm doing the most but you know you can't even really say anything that is not killing trump and i've said that before on this podcast if you say anything against killing him then niggas gonna be like you know you support him and you know cone you know we just throw out that word so it is what it is but you know i i've I'm, i've become aware how people process information and there's really nothing i can do about that yeah and you gotta you gotta understand that what you put out there is going be received by who is supposed to be received by and the people that is not it's just not i mean that's just kind of how it go you know like i know somebody's not open to hearing an opinion that differs from their own you wasting your breath that's true so it's like you know that rule of 10 you got you know three people that's gonna love everything you do three people that's gonna hate everything you do it's going to be two people that you are just never going to get. And it's going to be two people that's in the middle. And you got to focus on those two people in the middle. Because you know what you're getting with everybody I else. I feel that. So, I've, I mean, I've come to terms with it, man. You know, I'm going to just keep I'm gonna just keep doing me. I mean, just keep giving my opinion. So is that a precursor of, of what your opinion is going to be about this uh, debacle of a debate that occurred last night? Uh, like, are you trying? I mean, it could. I mean, are you, you know, trying to there's, cop I mean, the please early? Is, is that you? I mean, uh, you know, playing on our emotions I mean, to try to make us feel sad uh, for you, feel bad for you because you finna get on get this motherfucker. Let's go ahead and get into it for Donald J. Is that what's gonna happen? Hey, man. First of all, first of all, let me preface <laughs> this conversation 
with Donald, bro. Donald, hold your head, man. Hold, <laughs> hold your head. No, I'm just playing. But, you know, that debate, bro, it was, um, first of all, I want to just be honest and say that I didn't watch the debate. I didn't watch the debate. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I didn't watch the debate. Tell us why. Now, now, of course, I've seen the highlights, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I was like, I'm uh, y'all, y'all gonna show me what I need to show <laughs> or what I need to see. So I'm not really worried about watching. Uh-huh. But, you know, leading up to this debate, you know, I was just seeing a lot of people were excited about it. You know, like, wow, this is going to be crazy. You already know Trump going in and, you know, we don't even know if Biden alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know what we finna get with with uh these two people standing on stage. I mean, we know that it's just finna be. Uh, you know, just niggas going at each other. Some old bullshit. And I mean, that's exactly, you know, that's exactly what it was. And I don't know. I mean, personally, when I think about shit like that, even leading up to it, I'm like, bro, this shit's sad, bro. Like, it's just sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the idea that, you know, what we've known to be as a presidential debate and what we anticipated to be in the past and how this year is just completely different. You know what I'm saying? You got one dude who really don't care about debating or, you know, actually trying to speak about his plans or anything like that. I mean, that ain't never been his thing. He just go after people and he just a nasty dude. And, you know, that's just, you know, it's just horrible from Trump's side. I'm talking about Trump. Mm -hmm. And then you got Biden who it's like, I know Biden would love to probably talk about his plan and shit like that. But when you going against Trump, you can't do that. Like you have to fight fire with fire to an extent. So it's like, you know, it's just lose, lose. I mean, I just feel like America, we in a lose, lose situation in terms of the debate. Now, you know, you have been correct in the past in terms of, cause, and you know, I got to give you your kudos on this and, you know, cause I've, I've spoken negatively about Biden in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people, especially after last night's debate, you know, they feeling hopeless, right? They feeling hopeless. And it's really not the energy you want to foster as we're getting closer to election, right? It's like, regardless, you just want niggas to understand that we got one job. Mm-hmm. We got one job or whoever, you know, I obviously people got different opinions. Some people may still support Trump. It's whatever. But you know, from my perspective, look, we got one job and that's to get this nigga out of office and make our voice heard that we don't want this nigga nowhere near the presidential office for another four years. Mm-hmm. But when the shit going on like now, I mean, you know, it sucks. It sucks when you're trying to focus on that. And, you know, you st- it's still going to be a lot of people who going to be turned off by the debate and be like, bro, I don't fuck with neither of these niggas. So they feel like, why vote? Why vote? Like, why should I vote? Like, I don't want to vote for anybody. And I mean, it's 2016 all over again. But to me, this shit even worse than 2016. Like, I feel like niggas got even more reason to be like, because I mean, I'm with you. We was bullshitting with Hillary. Like, we was bullshitting acting like Hillary was on an equal playing field as Trump. Like, niggas was saying she just as bad because of the super predator and all this shit. I mean, you know, we was bullshitting. Like, I will sit here and say that we was bullshitting. But not like I was in that boat either. But, I mean, I was kind of, but not all the way. Not yeah, as I was much about as to say. You, so, <laughs> I was kind of. You were on the Because I was Hillary. a Bernie dude, man. I was a Bernie dude, man. I was Bernie. I was for Bernie, man. So, it is what it is. But, you know, this time it's just... It's just troubling, bro. It's troubling. And then when I see these highlights from the debate, you know, and 
and I know you're going to get a little into it, you know, just talking about the white supremacy thing. I mean, when I saw him talking about Biden's son, bro, I'm just like, bro, I can't believe we in a presidential debate and we got somebody calling out a nominee saying your son was on drugs and this, that. It's like, bro, first of all, like they got anything to do with Biden. Now, I know Trump was trying to flip it and say, well, you know, you gave him this money and he did all this and this nigga was on drugs. And I'm like, bro, I just it's just some shit I ain't never seen before. And I know we're past the whole presidential thing. I mean, we know Trump is not, quote unquote, what we would consider a classic presidential person. But, you know, I don't know. It's just a bunch of it's just. it's sad, bro. That's that's really the only thing. And even watching those highlights, bro, it just make me sad for our country. You know, it make me fearful of the future, especially if, you know, we do have to deal with another four years of, you know, Donald Trump in office. And, you know, it's just scary, man. It's scary. So it's like I want to do my part and and make my voice heard. And I I hope the same for our listeners and really everybody because i see we going hard with the votes and you know shout out to obama getting on shade room like this shit is real you know what i'm saying telling niggas to vote but it's like and for you niggas who upset know. online about him getting on the shade room you gotta understand the stakes that are in play right now and like if 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 the debate last night showed us nothing else it's that we are the only group of people who are voting for our lives. I think I said really? it, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. Like when you are an oppressed people, you vote for your lives. You're not voting the issues. And this is an election where don't nobody even know the issues. Like we learned mm. absolutely nothing last night. Nothing. And so it's one of those situations where Obama is going to, he's meeting people where they are. Cause I know a vast majority of my friends can't even tell you what time the news come on, <laughs> let alone <laughs> where they can find it. But you know what they're going to look at every day? The shade room. True. So that is the news. Yeah. So shout out to, shout out to Obama for, for not thinking that that's beneath him as a former president to contact one of the biggest media, the one of the biggest urban social media outlets to say, let me come on there and talk to the roommates and say, look, this is, this is serious. <laughs> mm. Like when you got men, it's, it's... like men of that stature, I mean, Obama's a relatively humble guy anyway, but we have a, a person of that stature that's willing to like, okay, somebody make the call. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that, that should let you know the times in which we are in. With you. So it's sad, bro. Yeah. It, it's it, sad. it really is. It it really is because it it's a, it's a poor reflection on the country because Trump is so, he's so disruptive by nature that you can't even do your job as a professional, right? Like we saw there were, there were times when Joe Biden last night, and I'm going to go ahead and just jump into the debate. Yeah. But like there were points last night where you saw Joe Biden trying really, really hard to talk about the topics, 
to let the personal shit go did did Trump was saying and try to talk directly to the American people. And Trump just would not allow it. He would say shit under his breath that he knew the mic would pick up. He would cut in. He would just say blatant, like, shit that Trump was saying last night. You can't even look at that and be like, okay, he potentially could be telling. He wasn't even saying nothing, bro. I have never heard a politician go on, on a debate stage and talk about money and trillions and millions and tens of thousands and use them so interchangeably as if all of them are on the same scale. Right. Last night, this man tried to tell Joe Biden that three million American soldiers died under his watch. Then he fixed it and said 300,000. Like, Bruh, sound like some shit you like, do. and he knows <laughs> what did it, bro, hold on. what did you say that episode one time for? What did you say? For? <laughs> hey, chill out. Hey, chill I don't out. know what the hell you said. Like, don't, I don't be know, three point hey, five million me died Trump, of Corona don't be co- in America. Don't be comparing me to Trump, dog. This nigga said three point five million or some shit. We first of all, no, we just bro. hit two hundred thousand. No, bro. No, <laughs> something bro. like that. You said something it wasn't crazy. even about COVID. It was okay, uh, bro. Get, it was uh it was something uh, crazy. That's all I it know. was IG string IG views. Oh yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, I was way off. It was the IG live. <laughs> I was trying to live. make me sound crazy. My dog. bad, bro. It was bad though. It was bad. But continue, man. I don't want to get you off topic. But yeah, like he it's like you hold this office for a reason, unfortunately, and you can't even tell the truth, like. We know he lies, right? But this is what I want people who are frustrated and irritated with the constant narratives about Trump. Like, we have to understand there is a certain section of America who did not see this. Like, there's a certain group of Americans who voted for him in 2016 because they opposed the policies that Hillary had in place. And now they're seeing the error of their decision because they're seeing this person for the first time be exactly what the quote-unquote fake news has described him as he was he was a bully last night he tried to over talk it was like it was like watching a seven-year-old who has been given nothing but sugar for two hours straight Try to have an intellectual conversation with a 75-year-old. And it just was it that's exactly what it was. Like I I've never seen an adult do some of the shit that Trump was just doing last night. Like he knows he's gonna be on the split screen. So this man was just being as it as animated as possible, bro. But right. You know, for the sake of time, I'll tell our listeners, these are my three major takeaways from last night, right? So, number one, Trump was given the opportunity to um, address white supremacists and support, and he chose not to. And lit, like, I mean, can I say that the way that he did that was just hilarious to me? No, I mean, it's no, fucked up. No, but the, that man is a fool. The way that he did, the way that he did it was brilliant because he knew what it would do, right? And I don't mm-hmm. say brilliant in that I'm glad it happened. I say it in that, <laughs> right? The masses are talking about 
the masses are talking about this, right? And I mean, he backpedaling right. like Derek Fisher in the playoffs. Like he, that's what he been on all day today. But I mean, has he cleaned it up? I haven't seen him clean it up. Yeah, I've seen no cleanup. Yeah, he he's been he's been putting out statements via other people on his behalf. Mm. Well, you know, I seen Donald Trump Jr. say that he misspoke, but then I also saw the the black senator Tim Scott who came out and was like, yeah, he was like, uh, and I'm sorry, you know, I don't know nobody. He said, um, look, I mean, you know, he feel like he misspoke and. Uh, you know, and he should come out and clean it up. But if he don't come out and clean it up, then maybe he didn't misspeak. You know, so he, I, I just haven't, I haven't personally read him say that. Look, I did misspeak, and I am denouncing. No, so he, I haven't it, seen that. He didn't confirm that he misspoke. What he was saying is, he he was saying that he was saying blanket statements like I've spoken out against them historically i have no issue with speaking right. out against them but you notice he never right. he never calls them by name and even last night right. he literally brought up the name of a group that the uh, the moderator didn't even ask him about right he he said white supremacists and the ku klux klan by name and donald trump went on mm. to say proud boys <laughs> he spoke specifically See, I think, to i want to say the proud I, was say, I think Joe Biden said that. Like, I think they were saying it, like, because the moderator was listing off the names, and then Joe Biden said "proud boys," and then Trump was like, "Okay, proud boys, yeah, I, you know, I'll speak to them." You know what I'm saying? And but pretty much just trying to ignore those other specific things that the moderator was saying. Yeah, that's what I think happened, which is just crazy. And so what that does is that allows him to speak directly to his base indirectly, which we saw got them riled up. <laughs> Because they were fucking trending, and now they're selling merch. Well, they've sold out of their merchandise. They, they're they on these message boards. They took over Facebook last night. Like, So you have a base that's riled up. And this is, what, this, this is number one for me, right? When you have your commander-in-chief unwilling to explicitly speak out against white supremacists, and this is the third opportunity that he's been given to do so. And he's flat out refused. And then they even asked him about the very first situation. And he wanted to change the subject. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump, if anything, last night, Donald Trump should have showed you as an African-American that he does. You're not even on his radar. <laughs> no, when they were when they were talking about black people. There was a fundamental difference between the two candidates, right? Trump mm -hmm. wanted to make that conversation about law and order. Trump That's refused crazy. to even acknowledge the Breonna Taylor case question that was brought up. He simply wanted to respond to the unrest that has been brought upon by law enforcement, who he told us verbatim several times last night that's who supports me so i'm speaking to my base so when joe biden has the opportunity to talk about police reform to talk about what can be done to help black lives matter and african americans with his, with his plan trump consistently interrupted 
He just agitated. He consistently interrupted, talked over, tried to change the conversation, tried to change the conversation, pushed conversations to where Joe Biden couldn't continue his point. He had to refute something. So Trump doesn't want black people to hear what any other option could be because this nigga told us last night, he reiterated it, Alex, like he doubled down and told us that he has been the best president for black people since probably Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) That's crazy, bro. I mean, to me, it's insulting. It's insulting. Because like you said, it just really lets you know that that he don't give a fuck. Doesn't care at all. Because you know that shit ain't true. He know that shit. I don't, I mean, no way he believe it. And if he do believe it, then this nigga's delusional. Exactly. And he's so delusional. But see, he's delusional to the point that he he has charisma, he has money, and now he has power. So there's a certain type of person in this country that is always going to go with him. And that's why his followers and his base are so dangerous because they believe everything that he says. Alex, they asked him to present a actual plan on climate change. And my guy said, we need to clean up the forests. (laughs) (laughs) We need to manage the forests better. I get calls all the time. The forests in California have dead trees on the floor of them. Like he's talking about the forest like it's an apartment building, bro. Like, my God, it's the forest. <laughs> like, if a tree dies, where I want you want it to be buried? Like, what the fuck? My man sad, was man. saying that Donald, that he, he was saying that Joe Biden wanted to get rid of cows because they, they add to global warming. Like, he was just saying shit, bruh, that a, a, a sane person is going to hear and say, like, this motherfucker is crazy. But to his followers, fact, law. So the, to, to my second point, the, the second takeaway that you should have is the acting president, right? The sitting president got on national television on a debate stage and actively advocated for the suppression of voters' rights. Like explicitly, Alex, like explicitly said, mail-in voting is good when you say, when you identify, when you self-identify, voluntarily sending votes to voters, he does not believe is correct. Meanwhile, he continues to tell America that our, our mail system cannot handle it. So Joe Biden says, well, our military all has to vote by mail and on average it's about 300,000 of them that do so from different areas at different times and they just had a mail-in vote election and it went without any issues and so you know what Trump started saying live my nigga said that they found some ballots in a lake with only his name on it. Like, now, let's be real. In a lake where people would even want to throw away ballots, 
Does that sound like a place where Trump supporters are going to be or Biden supporters are going to be? Let's just let's just call spades spades. We talking about rural areas that are predominantly white. I mean, I, th- I just think the idea of, you know, him even saying that, you know, this like that, that that ever occurred, that they actually found some ballots in a lake somewhere that were all for him. I mean, you know, it's it's, you know, I mean, it's just like you said, I mean, only somebody who is just remedial, only somebody who, you know, like, I don't know, like maybe you just feel like somebody on Trump's stature wouldn't lie about something like that or, you know, wouldn't be allowed to tell these bold face lies. Because honestly, you know, back in 2016, I would never even think a presidential candidate could get shit off like this. You know what I mean? Like, I would never even think, you know, somebody would even be allowed to blatantly lie to the American people. But, you know, he I mean, clearly it is allowable. Bro. Like, Three I mean, that's just, straight. you know, that's like, are there... Are there no checks and balances for just like like telling the truth in a debate? Like you can just lie. You could just come up with shit off the top of your head and just Well see, it doesn't matter you know, if, for the president. If you if you as a president have marketed yourself not as a president, but in the form of a dictator, you have turned the people against the media. So it don't matter what is fact checked, right? Yeah. It's not about what is fact, it's about what you are willing to believe. So Trump has spun the fact that all media, right, all media that does not speak highly of him is fake news and they're spreading lies. And these people care so much about him that that's their thought process, too. Oh, that's not right. I, I feel like the media has played a part in this as well. I mean, because, you know. I mean, I know some of the fake news shit. I mean, it really, I mean, it's just Trump just not wanting the truth to be out. But some shit is, you know, it's going back to what I said. It's like, a, it's about being fair, right? And sometimes things are unfairly said about Trump, but you know, fair, and things are made fair is more subjective, extreme. subjective, though. Fair is going to always be subjective. I mean, that's true. So that's true. the issues but, that I, I mean, have. I just feel like a lot of times niggas don't, they don't play it down the middle. You know, I mean, we already know that there's some news entities that lean towards a certain side and you know when that's the case niggas can always argue to like not believe the news yeah. you know and we just know now it's so much fake shit that come out now because there's just so many news entities and you know headlines flying left and flying right it's like you know you re- like you gotta really do your due diligence to get some accurate news in today's time yeah and that and that and that and that's to trump's advantage he can always lean on that but see, the my issue with that is he leans on it because it's a narrative that he created. True. So when you create a narrative to trick people that you know are going to believe it, and you just take advantage of the situation, some people would call it being opportunistic. But the issue here is you're being opportunistic at the expense of the American people. Like I said, like, like I said, like last night, he he stood there and advocated for the active suppression of people's voting rights, and explicitly told people, like the question was set up for him to tell his his supporters to basically not be dickheads, not be violent, and not turn nasty at the polls. 
because we know that this is going to be quite the experience due to COVID. Trump says, I'm telling my people, watch them. Watch them all. Watch the votes. Watch how they're handling the votes. Watch everything because it's going to be a sham. See, Trump is setting this up, and this is gonna. This brings me to my third point. Trump is setting this up to call to call into question our entire democratic process. He explained it last night. Trump, bro, like it. I watched in real time. Trump explained to the American people that if he wins, there is no issue with the election. But if he loses, there will be a recount, and he's taking it to the Supreme Court. Told like that's that's what he said on the debate stage. He's preparing people that if I don't think that the vote is correct, I'm challenging. We're going to do a revote because there's already been things at play. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this is after Joe Biden had already said we have an election on November the third. Whatever the result of that election. Is the result of that election. Because that's how our government works. If I'm the winner. That's the the election. If I'm the loser. I will accept that loss. (laughs) Because that's our process. Trump is actively telling us. This is going to be a shit show. Because I'm going to ensure it's a shit show. And when it is. I'm going to question every single vote. And I'm going to demand a recount. And I'm going to send it to the Supreme Court, where after I confirm Amy Barrett, I will have the majority in which I will instruct them to delay the process and do a full investigation, which will extend months to the point where he can allow himself to remain in office. Mm. Under the Constitution. Like these are all. Do you, these do you are, think he can get that done, though? Do, that may be his plan, but do you think he can get it done? I mean, at this point, I'm almost afraid to say because there he's been able to do things that I I didn't that aren't even in the powers of a president. Number one. So it's about you know this the the government that we have right now is not about government, right? It's about Mm -hmm. either you align yourself with Trump or you don't. And see, the difference between Trump and his past counterparts in the Republican Party and in the Democratic Party is that Trump wants you to be allegiant to him, not the Republican Party. You pledge your allegiance to Trump. So if you don't do what's in the best interest of Donald Trump, but it's in the best interest of the party, Donald Trump is going to have you removed. I mean, think about, think about in life how many people have rotated in his cabinet just within the three years that he's been president. <laughs> right. They in and out now. The highest turnover. Like, you bullshit. I need another one. <laughs> the highest turnover Next. rate in the history of the White House. You're fired. And everybody who leaves just so happens to tell the same story. It's either, <laughs> it's either Donald Trump's <laughs> way or the highway. 
if you question him or you say something that he doesn't like, there will be consequences. Nobody can do their jobs that way. So, Alex, I don't think that anybody will hold anybody accountable. Like last night, he refused to answer for the deaths of the 200,000 people who have died from COVID-19. He refused to acknowledge the fact that he told us that a, he told us a, a vaccine was coming within the next two weeks. And everybody pointed out to him like, hey, your people are telling us that we're not going to have anything until like next summer. He's like, no, I spoke to the scientists this morning. They were in my office just this morning. I'm like, dog, Niggas like y'all scientists. don't like the like who was it? What type of scientist was this person? Like these niggas in the lab, or I mean, are these doctors or scientists? Like, like I'm confused like, is... as hell. Like I don't understand, bro. Like this, they just be no, letting he, this nigga I mean, get shit know, off. He a habitual liar, and it's just like you know, even going back to 2016, where he's like, yo. You know, we going to replace Obamacare ASAP. Like, we going to have the new bill. We going to have that shit. That's going to be one of the first things I do. Mm-hmm. We going to get the wall built. Mexico going to pay for it. And I'm just like, if I'm a supporter of Trump and I'm looking at all the shit he promised me and that nigga still ain't did it and he's still telling lies about shit and saying, you know, it's going to be urgent. It's going to be timely. I'm just like, I don't know, like, nigga, you ain't questioning it by now. And this go back to my thing about, like, if you still in the middle right now, like, I don't I don't know what could sway you. Like, I don't know what could sway you to a side if you still, like, undecided about how you feel or who you want to vote for. Like, you know, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that after five and I, and I may be going out on a limb here. The After Five podcast is are, are officially endorsing Joe Biden because uh, I mean this nigga Trump is you know it ain't mm-mm. it's it's uh uh-uh, bro can't do it no. and that's my guy you know so you know it's tough for me it's <laughs> tough for me because that's my guy but you know I you know he just need to go back to the Celebrity Apprentice man you know this this president shit is it's uh. It's, it's not a good look for our country, man. No. And for black people. It's just it's just not. like It's great for white people. I know. I mean, it, like you said, they not voting for their life. They just voting, you know. They, they just might not vote for Trump because they don't like some of the things he say or uh, I don't even know. And that's what really make it tough. Like, I mean, what's, what is their incentive for not voting for Trump? I mean, if, if, if they don't actually care about the racist shit. Who? Like, if they don't care about that. White or, people. I'm talking about white people. I mean, clear. Yeah, it's like, what is, the democracy. What, what dissuades them? Democracy. Okay. See, okay. the 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 thing about and I've seen so many different people talk about like how you're starting to see Trump signs disappear from lawns after <laughs> last night, because at the at at the end of the day, there's a certain facade about being American that involves a certain level of tact and professionalism, right? And I think last night was an eye-opening display for people who have chosen to be blind for so long. Like, I think last night is a defining moment. Either you either you can tolerate the scum that Donald Trump is, or you can't. That's just where we are. Like, because right. he, he's not presented a plan. 
And he didn't give Joe Biden an opportunity to even present a plan. So all you can go off of is displays of character. Mm. And last night, one candidate's character showed one thing and the other one showed something completely different. Because, I mean, to talk about somebody's son, and this is what I want people to, to understand, like, Trump supporters won't even connect the dots to the fact that he made fun of Hunter Biden, mm. alleging that he had been dishonorably discharged because he had a drug addiction. Meanwhile, he was telling us at the beginning of this debate how much he's done for veterans and how they're well taken care of. Well, if you know anything about being in combat where Joe Biden told us that his son was for a year, depending on what your experience is, what you see, whether you were in active duty or you were doing something to support those who were in active duty, you don't know what this person has seen or experienced. So they come back. It don't matter that it's Joe Biden's son. If he comes back and he's trying to find something to cope with this shit and they get on and, and he gets on drugs, that's not sending a good sign to veterans or former military who know that experience and what it can drive a person to do. Like saying, oh, well, he was on cocaine and he, he was like, okay. So now, so now, what are you telling people who have? It's like you know, you, you he set himself up last night to offend a lot of different people because there were certain mm -hmm. things that he just didn't refute because he knew that he couldn't refute it and get away with it, like the the bounties on American soldiers' heads. Joe Biden brought that up. Trump went into overdrive. He went into overdrive on Hunter Biden because he knows that if he has to acknowledge that head on, all of those military people, he's losing them. All those military moms, those Marine moms, those, those, those Navy moms who love to have the little bumper stickers and shit, he's losing them. And the point he made about the suburbs last night, because you know what they're trying to do is they're trying to paint this doom and glooms day ideal situation oh, yeah. so he's talking about you know if joe biden gets in suburbs aren't safe and joe biden was like so what do you mean by the suburbs because <laughs> i grew up in the suburbs like, you know what i mean hey hey joe biden <laughs> said because i grew up in the suburbs <laughs> nigga straight up all day suburbs delaware day, nigga, nigga on my block it was plenty families asians negroes <laughs> nah, nah. We have plenty of Negroes. Joe would have slipped up and said, "Colored, nice color people, <laughs> good colored folks." <laughs> but Joe essentially said, "Like the suburbs aren't what you think anymore." Right. The the suburbs are multicultural. Are, so what you're yeah, saying isn't fitting this bro. this narrative. You got people in the suburbs who believe Black Lives Matter. Who you got people in the suburbs right. who who rioting. And, and protesting. So, I mean, you know, it's like I said, bro. It's it's um, it's sad. I mean, if, if we had to talk about a winner and a loser, it's like I have to say that Trump is the biggest loser of the debate. But you know, it's really not up to me and how I feel. You know, it's you know, I would hope that his base. I mean, even the things you just named, it's like. 
you know, in terms of those those signs being removed from the yards, it's like if I was supporting Trump and I'm looking at my president act this way in the debate and say some of the things that he say, you know, it, it went outside of like the typical pandering that I'm used to from Trump and, you know, trying to speak to his base. It's, you know, it's to a point where it's like, you know, unless you a fucking white supremacist, like, how could you stand behind this nigga? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how could you continue? Like, I know niggas been trying to be silently supporting Trump. Like, I know this, but it's just like, bro, how can you continue to stand behind somebody who even feels it's appropriate to act like this in a presidential debate and to say some of the shit that he say? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and believe some of the things he believe. It's sad, bro. I'm worried about our country. I was looking at, you know, uh, all the news reports from around the world talking about the debate and you know i mean everybody just know that this shit is a fucking joke. laughing I mean, stock joke. of the world we a joke these the two best we could come up with bro these two niggas this is the best we can do you know but really trump though i'm like you know biden like i said i feel like a lot is getting i mean a lot of things are going wrong for him or i won't even say going wrong but it's like because he has to deal with somebody like trump like he can't even act the way that I know he would normally act, yeah. you know, cause he got to deal with this nigga. So it's like, it's a joke, bro. It's a joke. You know, I, I just wonder what Obama think about this shit, man. I mean, I know what he think, but I would love to like, just have a candid conversation with somebody like Obama or, you know, any, anybody who has held this position in the past and just wonder, I mean, even Bush, like, what do they think? Like, what do they think about what's going on right now? I feel like this tainting they like mm -hmm. like if I'm a past president, I'm like, bro, these niggas, you know, making a mockery of this position. And I don't know, man, but you know, I'm just I'm ready, I'm ready for November 3rd, bro. I'm ready, I'm ready to see what our country finna do. I know I'm gonna make my voice heard. And, you know, I I just want our listeners to do the same and you know. It's, it's bigger than us, man. It's bigger than us. Our vote matters. Just like we talked about last week, and I want us to continue to talk about it. Do your due diligence. Learn what you vote for. You know it's more than the president. It's more on the ballot. Look at what's on the ballot. Making sure your voice being heard and the issues that you want to touch on are, are being represented by the people you would like it to be represented by. And know that it doesn't stop here. Like real change. It's going to continue. Oh, man. And I just want to say something because at my job, we uh, when when the Breonna Taylor case was initially decided, right? And they, you know, they only said they was going to charge a nigga with whatever the hell they charge him, wanton endangerment, whatever the hell. Like we had a, mm -hmm. uh, a meeting that was supposed to be like a safe space meeting where, you know, essentially everybody who like in an employee research group could come together, but really anybody could join this meeting and just kind of talk about how they was feeling. First of all, this is a great meeting. So many emotions uh, and a lot of stuff that you just not, you just not expecting for people to get off like in a corporate, I mean, even though it's supposed to be a safe space, I mean, I don't know, it's still at work. Like it's still on a work time. Like it's an official meeting in our outlook. And I don't know, it was, it was some, it was some crazy, not crazy, but just stuff you don't expect to hear at work. Mm -hmm. But one black dude, uh, I ain't gonna say his name, but I work with him and um, he just said something that I thought was powerful was just like, you know, the change that we want, you know, we have to come to terms with most likely we're still not going to see it in our lifetime. Like we're not like most likely we're not going to see it. Like just like 
the people above us, they wanted things to be done in terms of social justice and equality for all. But even for us, even for us, it's in our 20s and 30s right now. You know, the change that we truly want to see, we probably still not going to see it in our lifetime. But the only way that anybody ever going to see it is if we continue to fight, if we continue to fight, continue to vote, continue to speak out on these things like, you know, the change will come. But it is going to take time. But mm-hmm. sometimes because a lot of people in the meeting, it's just like, you know, especially when the Breonna Taylor decision came, that shit discouraging, bro. Like that shit, it, it make you feel like, why are we even trying? Like, why are we even trying? Because these niggas clearly do not give one fuck. And especially after all this shit that came out now about how the case was handled and the information that was presented to the jury and these niggas got fucking body cams and, you know, and and when none of this shit available before. And it's like, bro. Like, clearly, this is a cover-up. Clearly, this is some bullshit. And it's just like, you know, it's discouraging. But, you know, we can't lose hope, bro. Because sometimes I be feeling like I want to lose hope. Like, bro, I just need to live my life. And, but no, nah, bro, can't lose hope. Got to be on the fighting side. Got to continue to fight. Got to be heard. Got to do more. We got to do more. All yeah. of us can do more. Yeah. Because we got it. Like you said, we won't see it. But I want my daughter to be able to see it. Right. And when you right. look at it's like we discussed last week. That attorney general was on the short list for that Supreme Court seat. The moment that Supreme Court seat got filled by somebody not him, what did those jurors do? <laughs> hey. It's like I told they y'all. Spoke out, man, bro. A game they said we done. We ain't protecting this nigga no more. A game <laughs> is a foot. You understand, and you gotta you gotta recognize the power and the players and the power players that are at stake and that are moving around. And once you realize that, you can see things for what they are. Unfortunately, that's how it is. Like you know, my my father used to tell me, you know, and I think I you probably heard me say this before in a brother to brother meeting, but he used to tell me, you know, you got to take your time to be angry. But for as much time as you spend being angry, you got to make yourself aware. And part of that awareness is, is understanding, A, what's at stake, what's within your realm of control and what is not, and accepting it until it can be changed. And so for us, what a lot of us have to do is, like you said, AC, like those moments that we feel you know, like hopeless and lost and like, look where we are. Like even just thinking about like, cause you know, I've had those similar conversations at work that I've led or I've been a part of. And it is, it definitely, you feel me folks get their stuff off, but it is like thinking about the, the experience being a black person in America and understanding like what that means. And sometimes we just get so caught up in living life and trying to survive that we don't see how things affect us. And so I was listening to, you know, a young woman talk about like how hard it was for her to go to work after the 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 verdict came out. Shout out to uh Garrison from the G Talk podcast. Like on his most recent episode, he talked about like he left work early after the mm-hmm. verdict came out because it's it's certain things that just they just hit you bro like it just it knocks the air out of you because you you ask yourself like 
So what does it take? You know what I mean? Like whatever we were expecting, what does it take? And you get to the point where you, you know, I, I don't know if all of our listeners believe in a higher power, but you know, everything is, everything happens by divine design. And unfortunately, you know, we've not been on the winning end of that design for a while, but change has occurred and when you are an oppressed people we know just as long as it's taking things to get to a certain point we're not going to allow it to take that long to be fixed and so that requires action on on multiple fronts everybody ain't built to protest (laughs) everybody's not built to go to school to do what they need to do to get into politics Everybody's not built to be on the front line. Some people are built to be on the back lines and we all have to stay consistent and do our part. Right. Because once we recognize an enemy, we have to treat them as such. And that's the biggest issue. That's what I want us to remember after what we saw last night. We have to understand, Okay, now the president of the United States has shown us and told us exactly who he is, exactly who he aligns himself with and exactly who he thinks are good people. He's at war with Black Lives Matter. He's at war with your rights to both vote and to have free speech, to voice your displeasure at the things happening around you. So this person is infringing on your rights and you got to do whatever you need to do within your realm of control to enact change. And one thing we all can do is vote. So I'm encouraging everyone, like you said, Alex, get out there. And utilize your voice, exercise your right to vote. Gotta do it. I also gotta do it, man. I also think that uh, Kamala gonna uh, Kamala gonna tear Mike Pence ass up next Wednesday. <laughs> you know, my brother he just told me, you know, that he sure that Pence is like, why do I got to be associated with this nigga Trump? <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, why? Like, this is going to be with my career forever. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, but, you know, he knew what he was signing up for, man. I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah, that nigga the captain of the stormtroopers. His <laughs> face ass. Hey, man, tough game. Tough game. Mm-hmm. What else we got on the docket, right, man. man? Hey, man. Did you hear uh, Did you hear that uh, that Daystar, bro? Yeah, who? Did you, li- did you listen to that Daystar? No, I can't say I'm familiar. What is that? Uh, you know, that's that uh, new Tory Lanez project. Oh, no, sir. They start. No, sir. No, sir. I didn't. You, you ain't bought that? I did not um, part. You ain't bought that? I did that? not participate in uh, the 17 tracks. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I didn't hear it. Did not oh. hear it, man. No. Hey, I heard it, man. I listened to it. You know, I ain't going to front. You know, I ain't going to listen to it silently like I know a lot of niggas did. I mean, yeah, I, I listened to that. What, what was your uh, What was your takeaway? I heard. Hey man, wasn't a bad project, man. Wasn't a bad project. Actually, uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, Tory Lane's very talented dude. Uh, you know, pretty good project. Yep. Um, you know, very revealing. Very revealing. Um, you know, I feel like with this whole Tory Meg thing, everybody been talking about you know, how there was so much information that's missing and, you know, there's still a lot of information that's missing, but 
you know, it's just interesting. It's interesting to hear Tori say that that he didn't shoot Meg, that he didn't shoot her, uh, and that he would never shoot a woman or hurt a woman or hit a woman and never put her in danger and things like that. Um, I would like to say that I feel like Tory lying, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely leaning more, but I'm leaning towards believing, you know, the account that he did shoot her. It may have been an accident and, you know, he was intoxicated. I'm leaning more that being the true story, but I do find it interesting of him coming out and saying, I didn't even do that. And, you know, I thought you was going to hold me down, but you didn't. But I still got love for you and still hope that we could work this out. Um, but, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I think it's an interesting twist to the story. Um, I didn't really like. I don't know, bro. I, I think I think it leads to a bigger question for me because, you know, it got a lot of. A lot of the conversation was, you know, y'all niggas listening to Tory. Y'all niggas still don't believe Meg. Y'all don't support black women. Y'all don't support black women. This is another example. You know, do you feel like we don't support black women? Do you feel like that's the reason why niggas don't believe Meg? Because we got something against black women. I think that there are elements to that. Yeah. Let me, can I ask you this? And it's another one of those things where, you know, I'm really just trying to have a conversation. I don't want anybody to assume that they know where I stand on this. But when it just comes to the relationship between black men and black women, I mean, it's commonly said that we don't hold black women down. Nate, do you like I say, I don't want, I just want to ask you this question. Do you feel like white men hold white women down more than black men hold black women down? I guess I want to know. I want. I want to know. Is this a is this a race isolated thing or is this a men and women thing? I think it's rooted in. Uh, so, <laughs> that's a loaded question. I mean, it's a loaded question I mean, because I, I think I, yeah. it is one. I think it's rooted in misogyny. Yeah, but I think the when it comes to the black experience i think it's rooted in i think it's is i think it stems from slavery to be honest and i know like that god damn i know that that's like (laughs) that's gonna sound like a cop-out that's the answer to every question i mean it it sounds like a cop-out every time but i feel you but you can you can access a direct link you know what i mean like so do you feel like this this division didn't exist prior to slavery between black men and black women? Well, I think the I think we're it's a catch-22 situation. Because if we're mm-hmm. honest with ourselves, women in America are afforded certain rights that they are not afforded in a lot of other countries. True. So I do I think their experience would be better? I think that is is hard to say. Cause in a lot of in a lot of the countries historically, women don't have rights at all. I mean, women aren't oppressed people. Yeah. Like that's Globally. just the fact of the matter. And they've Globally. been <laughs> and they've been that way since the beginning of time. Yeah. 
like since the beginning of time, it's not a like for so for me, you know, it's not a race thing. I mean, this is just women in general have for the most part always kind of been viewed as, you know, for lack of a better term, second class to mm-hmm. men. It's like, you know, men is up here and then, you know, women. It's like it's the men and it's the women and children. But you know what I mean? Pause like, real quick. That's just always real quick. Okay. When you isolate that to black people, that is exactly why the response and the reactions are exactly what it is, right? Because you you got to think about, about it from the aspect of, so you just told us and confirmed that women are an oppressed people. Right. Now, at being black on top of that. Yeah, it's it's double jeopardy. I mean, it's so even worse. So when you look at your when you look at your counterpart of the opposite sex within your race, you both acknowledge that you are an oppressed people. Right? Race is a constant being black is a constant thing in our minds, period. Like whether we want right. it to be or we don't. The fact that you are black is a is constantly repeated and confirmed to you. So when you see as a black woman, if you see a black man okay with you being mistreated or being isolated or being made to feel less than like a marginalized person, like you are, mm-hmm. you're going to look at that person a little bit different because you know for a fact that they too know this feeling. So the fact that they think it's okay for them to do it to you, it's going to hurt a little deeper, man. That's just like, that's just what it is. Like, and I think sometimes it's displaced, but I think a lot of times it's, I think a lot of times women can make a case for whatever it is that they're feeling, especially black women, especially when it's dealing with black men. I mean, I'm with you there. I mean, like, first of all, like I said, I don't want my feelings to be misconstrued because I can sit here and acknowledge that, you know, black women have one of the toughest plights, especially in America. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm sure all over the world. I mean, honestly, but, you know, I'm just speaking to our country. So they have one of the toughest plights. They have a tougher plight than. I mean, I don't even know if I want to say that they have a very tough plight. Because, I mean, as a black man, you know, I have a tough plight. But see, but I also, just the way that my mind just worked, I'm always going to be partial to, you know, people who look like me. Just like women are going to be partial to black women. Mm -hmm. You know, so we can agree there. And and you've kind of talked about this. You know, a lot of times black women will, you know, I mean, they'll talk about their path being much tougher in uh, in America. But, you know, our arguments is like, yo, I mean, I mean, we getting killed in the street. You know what I'm saying? Like we like we go through a lot, too. You know, it ain't like we got it easier because, you know, when, when they talk about black men being the the white people of black people or, you know, that dumb shit. But it's like, I don't know, like it's it's a tough plight all around. I don't really want to have the tougher plight Olympics. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like who got a tougher like nigga? We black. It's tough. but oftentimes you know what that's what it gets to, because when you feel like when you are when you feel like the people who should care most about what your experience is because they're aware of it and they don't, that's going to always just garner more, more deeper and passionate feeling. Like it it genuinely hurts a lot of black women to see a lot of the things 
that are perpetuated and in a lot of ways celebrated by black men like it, it hurts them on a different level than if they were to see let's say a latino man do it or an asian mm-hmm. man or hell even a white man because they have an expectation that those people would do something like that right but with black people it's like you said like we see each other in a different way so there's an there's a silent expectation for you to do what for so long you were unable to do and that that's why i say it goes back to slavery i mean think about think about what was done to break the buck right so a lot of the pain and suffering of the black woman wasn't even it didn't even have anything to do with them imagine that experience like imagine you you are you are being put through hell in order for somebody else to break your your husband or your mate so that they will obey right so now you're being used as a thing and then we all know how psychology works if you show people this experience over time it becomes built in. So you see the separation and the strength of certain things and the recession of other things. It's like the, 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 you show a man that he's powerless to protect the people who he's supposed to protect long enough. They'll make decisions. You dig what I'm saying? But as, but from the woman's experience, their experience is so wow. So I just went through all of this shit and this shit had nothing to do. I mean, I'm with you there, but I, I mean, I'm just somebody who believes that, you know, the relationship that is between black men and black women are more so consistent with the relationship between men and women from the beginning of time. Like, you know, I do think that there's other factors that obviously can play a factor, but, you know, I just think that there's always been, you know, this feeling of superiority from men towards women. Uh, and I find it to be very consistent with what you would see, even with a, a, a race that's not oppressed, such as white people. You know, it's the same reason why women didn't even get the right to vote until recent and, you know, why they're still fighting for, quote unquote, equality. Uh, but, you know, obviously it's a little different from what our women are going through. And I understand the fact that it's like, look, how can us as black men, when we're oppressed, not see the oppression that black women are dealing with? And I agree that, you know, we should do more. We should do better. But you're asking black men to break a mentality that has literally been in men, like I said, way before slavery, like since biblical times, you know, in terms of, you know, I mean, you can consider it mistreatment of women, Um, you know, this idea that, uh, you know, how even in the Bible, it's like, you know, women, they need to be one man and all this, but obviously men can be with all these women. And, uh, even in, you know, in a lot of different countries and continents it's okay for a man to have multiple wives. And, you know, I mean, it's just like always been the thing, you know what I mean? But I want to go back to, I want to go back to, uh, Tori real quick, because, you know, what I noticed was obviously a lot of women who were just like, yo, y'all got to hold Megan down. 
fuck whatever Tory doing. Don't support him. Don't even listen to him. I, I don't care what his side of the story is, which I think is unfair. But do I only feel like it's unfair because I'm a man? Because, you know, I see a lot of men who like, yo, we got to hear him out. We got to hear him out. No. You know, we're we're going to obviously be partial to a black man. And obviously, I'm not, I don't want to speak blanket, but, you know, I, I want to say there was a lot of men who are like, yo, I mean, I would like to hear what Tory's saying. I'm not choosing a side, but I would like to hear what Tory is saying. Because if I got some one person saying, hey, this dude shot me, and I got this dude saying, I ain't do that. Y'all don't have the y'all don't have a full story. I have both parties refusing to give me the full story. Like, how the fuck I'm supposed to feel? First of all, this ain't got nothing to do with me, honestly. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it really don't even matter how I feel about it in the first place. But if I'm somebody who like, damn, like I don't know how to feel, and if, for somebody to come say, well, you know, if you don't know how you feel, then that means you don't support black women. I don't think that's fair in this situation. I don't think that's fair, personally. And I like to be fair. I think it's about the rationale. I think the rationale matters here, right? Because my wife and I, we had a a very long conversation about this. And she was... It got heated, bro? Yeah, but not... It didn't get (laughs) heated to the point where it was just like... She was very similar to the thought process that you had. In that... On one hand, we cannot say that people are guilty until proven innocent or that we need to hear both sides in certain situations, but in others, we don't need to hear both sides. So she brought up the the instance of like the Me Too movement, right? There were so many mm-hmm. men who were upset at people not having the opportunity to speak their piece, right? As soon as a woman came out and said, hey, this person did this, that, and the third, he was automatically guilty, right? Right. And we know in domestic dispute situations, which we've come to find out, they were in a domestic relationship. Usually in domestic disputes, we always give the benefit of the doubt to the woman, right? Correct. For Correct. for whatever reason that exists, that's that's what we do. So men play by a different set of rules than women do. Her point was, we can't only go off of what Meg has said and not allow Tori the opportunity to even say his side. Because when we do that, we only hear one side and we suppress the other side. And for a people Mm -hmm. who know what it's like to have your voice suppressed, she couldn't roll with it. And for me, I couldn't get past because we ended up we ended up agreeing. But I couldn't get past the fact that, and I still stand by that um, there's nothing outside of her holding his life in danger to where a gun should have even been on the tape. Right. I'm with you there. Like there, the, the gun should have never even been brought out, let alone fired in anybody's direction, unless somebody somebody's life was in danger that's just how i feel so all of that other stuff is all good and well but for me finding out that meg was talking cash money shit to him or mushing him in the face or calling him all types of little bitty niggas shit like that like none of that is going to explain or justify to me anything that we already know 
right? But my wife was saying that if Tori is alleged of something and he alleged, and he says that he did not do it, then you have to give them the you have to give him the opportunity to explain why he didn't do it. Because if if it's if he did shoot her, then that's some that's something completely different, right? If it comes out that he right. did indeed shoot her, then now you have the facts. But up until this point, we yeah. don't have facts. We only have opinion. And the facts we thought we had somehow have miraculously disappeared from the internet. It was like we saw we saw that police report one time get leaked and then it disappeared. <laughs> so I, i'm i'm torn on i still feel how i felt before though like you know i i personally cannot foresee a situation where i am tory lanes in a relationship with meg the stallion and we go to kylie jenner's house to be in the pool <laughs> and before we can get back to the crib Meg the Stallion is in the hospital with a gunshot wound to her foot, and I am in custody. I just don't. Do you believe the story of Meg, of Tori telling Meg to dance, bitch, dance, or some shit, and shot her? Do I do you believe, believe that that's that how story? That yeah. Do you think that that is a possibility? Question. Okay. Do I think it's a possibility? <laughs> yes. Yes, I definitely think that's I a mean, possibility. I mean, bro, what the fuck? I definitely think they better that's not, man. That better not be true, man. I that mean, think about the think true, about bro. the circumstances that both parties have, for the most part, confirmed. Right, that there was some level of intoxication. Whether mm-hmm. I mean, it's being alleged that he was drunk, but I think that you know there may have been some harder things at play. And then when mm. you look at the history of. Tory Lanes in the event he was angry under normal circumstances when we've seen him angry he's done wild dickhead shit so if you take somebody who's like he's clearly self-conscious about his height because I heard he referenced that his he was really like five seven <laughs> and wanted you niggas to know it. hey <laughs> like that was so funny when I heard that shit this nigga was like y'all saying I'm five four nigga I'm five seven fuck you man like hey. get it right I said Tori so, a fool. They didn't know that nigga was like hurt. so you know that it hit you know that it you know bothers him. And he was in a he was in a domestic relationship with a woman who is, you know, known for her height. She's a stallion, man. She's a yeah. stallion. So you know? I mean, there there are a lot of things at play. Do I think something could have pushed his button to where he goes full Yosemite Sam? Yes, I definitely do. Cause I seen how that nigga got mad on that makeshift basketball court. <laughs> Any mm. nigga to get that mad over winning. <laughs> Man, I just know that jumper is inexcusable. Inexcusable. <laughs> hey, but hey, but I ain't even gonna front though, bro. The project, man, was pretty good, bro. It was pretty good. And yeah, I listened to it. I don't give a fuck what anybody say about me listening to it. And um, it was pretty good. I mean, that's your choice. I mean, he's not been confirmed but, of anything, right? I think it's right. just it's popular. It's popular on social media to, you know, say now nah, fuck Tory Lanes, don't do this. Now, me personally, I don't pick sides. I, don't I pick didn't sides. indulge because I until I I'm one of those people that until I have the rest of the information. 
Meg has told us, she's told us what happened to her. So until Tori is going, you know, unfortunately, Tori cannot share what really happened from his perspective because there is an ongoing legal situation. Right. So for me, right. until he he has to clear this up. And I mean, T.I. was cor- was correcting what he said to him. I know T.I. caught a lot of uh, flack, but it's like if you think that you are being if you if, if something is being reported that is not your reality. And that's not what happened. Then get out there and say something. Because when you don't, your silence doesn't help you. Because we now live. So once public opinion makes a makes a decision, that's the decision until something comes out. And oftentimes, what happens is when when the truth comes out, if it doesn't confirm public opinion, niggas just gonna forget about it. That's just kind of how it goes. Well, you know, I just, I just, so I just want Tori to hold his head, man. I just want him to hold his head. And, um, you know, I, I feel for Megan, man. You know, it's like, if, if, I mean, like I said, I don't have a full story, even Megan not coming out with the full story. But if it is just a situation where, you know, this nigga just like they got in an argument, I mean, it's clearly it was some type of argument and they got in an argument and, you know, Tori pulled out a freaking gun and shot her in the freaking foot. And, you know, it's niggas still out here like me who is just like, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, first of all, Megan got to know that she's inviting this energy of niggas not knowing what the hell happened. And I know she's like, OK, I came out and said this nigga shot me. But, you know, the fact that it's still not being clear, you know, it's I mean, they creating doubt. It's like, what do you want me to do? Like you're you're creating this doubt. Like I'm not creating it myself. It ain't like all the facts came out and I just don't want to believe it. Y'all niggas ain't released the facts. So what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, I just don't know what niggas, what did they expect? Like, why are people so mad that there are people like me who are just like, I don't know what happened when y'all niggas won't tell me like y'all are doing this to me. I want to I want to ride with Meg. I want to ride with black women. And of course, she got shot. I know she got shot and I know that's fucked up. And, you know, I'm not somebody who feel like Meg deserved it or I don't care what she did. Don't nobody deserve to be shot. So that's that. But I mean, I'm just talking about how to feel about Tori. I don't know how to feel about this nigga because I don't know the truth. Even Meg won't tell me the truth. All she'll tell me is that he shot her. But. I need to know the full story. I mean, it's whatever. And, you know, niggas can condemn me for even saying something like that. But it's like, before I just be like, yo, like, I can't fuck with this nigga. I mean, even Maul on Joe Budden, even he had to backtrack and say, look, you know, I (laughs) like niggas need the full story before we could just say, fuck this nigga. You know what I mean? But, but I will say that I'm leaning more towards saying, fuck this nigga. Cause I mean, it's like, the facts, I mean, it's more things that are coming out. People are stating more things that are insinuating that, look, it's not even up for debate. This nigga, the shooter, he was, you know, trying to pay her off. He was trying to pay this person off. You know what I'm saying? He coming out and like essentially supporting people who are saying, you know, that maybe she wasn't shot and, you know, like if she did get shot. And I think he said this in the song, like if you did get shot, then. You know, how come no bones or tendons were messed up or whatever the hell these niggas been saying? I mean, but my thing is, if he is the shooter, then this nigga Tory is nasty. Like, it's it's horrible what he doing if this nigga is the shooter. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
And I don't know if he's that horrible of a person to come out and drop a whole album saying I ain't shoot this woman and he did do it. Like that would just be so bad. But I also understand that that's also career suicide if he did shoot it. So maybe he's just trying to fight for that. But I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's sad. It's sad all around, man. It's sad all around. So, you know, hoping the best for both of them, actually. Um, But, you know, I'll just wait and see. I, but honestly, at the end of the day, I really could give a fuck. I don't you know, these are these are problems that are unrelated to me. Yeah. If I if I don't have to listen to Tori again, that's cool. I'm not some big Tory fan, you know. It's whatever. But I did like uh his last project, uh the the Chick's tape album. And um I like this project too. I like Daystar. I thought it was hard. Well, you know, we will wait for further information to come out. <laughs> the truth. Um I can't wait till Lifetime drop this shit. That shit gonna be fire. Hey. Now wait until Law and Order. Play, uh, Tory. Wait until Law and Order do. A <laughs> oh, Law and Order gonna kill it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I need I need Elliot on the case. Had yeah, that nigga rough up uh, Tory. <laughs> Law and Order, they gonna fuck around. Get they gonna get somebody outrageously short to be Tory. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a fucking midget. I'm sorry, a little person. Yeah, you little person. Say, you got to be politically correct. My bad. My bad. Little person. This nigga Alex Wilder. Hold your head, T. I'm not gonna go that far. I will say that you are. I tell I, I tell everybody to hold their head, man. So you I know, mean, you, you know, probably should. Thing. You probably should. Yeah. Be safe. Yeah. You know, in the in the, yeah, the mortal words, it's, it's of tough the pandemic and <laughs> be safe though, Tori. All right, man, I'm ready to get into some sports, bro. I know I know the people been... I mean, I don't know what these niggas want, but <laughs> I would assume niggas want to hear about some sports, man. It's, it's the pandemic, and, you know, the NBA Finals is starting tonight, and the NFL has started. Uh, MLB is in the playoffs now. Uh, NHL, I think they just ended. Hockey yeah. just... <laughs> Hockey yeah. be flying so far under the radar. Like I just got the notification. I was I was with my wife and I got the notification. Like such and such wins the Stanley Cup final. I said I didn't even know these niggas even started again. <laughs> these niggas then wrapped up the season. That's a damn shame. But uh, you know, it's just uh, sports is back in full effect. College football is back. You heard Trump. He said he brought the Big Ten back. Uh, whatever Nigga. he said. So, like, you know, who says that? Who says that as a back. presidential debate? They ask, "What are some of the My highlights?" It. <laughs> bruh, what are some of the highlights of why the American people should choose you over your opponent at the polls in November? And my nigga said, "I brought back Big Ten football." Nigga, hey, what? Man. Come on, come on, y'all know y'all was waiting on that. So, I mean, but everything is back. Everything is back, and. You know, I remember when we were talking about even before NBA started, you know, talking about if they should come back. And I'm just like, hell no. Like if they come back, they're irresponsible. And, you know, we've talked about how Adam Silver just did a great job. He's done a great job. And, you know, I haven't seen anything about any of the players testing positive or, you know, so just further proof that the bubble was a success, um, you know, and it's just been great just to watch, you know, and. 
we've 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 experienced a lot you know over these past few weeks and you know just to kind of stay on nba here like i said the nba finals is currently going on between the lakers and the heat uh the lakers i think were you know everybody said it was either going to be the lakers or the clippers coming out the west mm-hmm. uh we know that the clippers uh dis- they disappointed everybody and lost to denver um what were they up 3-1 and lost 3 in a mm-hmm. row um so that was a damn shame. Uh, Jamal Murray has solidified himself as, you know, just a straight hooper. Um, I think Jokic, he's, I think he's sorry, top Jokic. 10 right now. I think he's top 10 right now. Or close. He has an I mean, argument I can see for that. I can see he has that. an argument for I mean, of active players, right? So, you know, Steph right, Hurt, right. Clay Hurt. KD Hurt, Kyrie Hurt. You feel me? That's, I mean, that's, that's those spots right there. <laughs> Open. Well, even niggas, even niggas hurt. I mean, when I think about a top ten, I don't, you know, I, I would even, I would still consider that's, niggas that's why that I are said hurt active, in my like active yeah. right now. I mean, by active, I, when you say active, I think of people in the NBA currently, not people who are, you know, because the season is. I mean, these niggas hooping now. I mean, you know, Durant said he back. I've, I didn't see him play back hooping, so these niggas is back. You know what I'm saying? So, but even, even, even including them, you know, I think Jamal makes a case. Maybe he number ten. You know, maybe he number ten. Uh, but I don't know that. I mean, that'd be kind of tough. It's some real ballers in the NBA, but he's yeah. definitely a, you know, he is a solidified star. I think at this point, like he, he is going to be highly sought after, um, you know, especially if Denver don't win again, you know, we talk about those top free agents and shit like that. And he going to oh, get yeah. the bag if he ain't already got it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, they did great. And, you know, one thing that I don't like is how doc rivers lost his job because niggas couldn't hit a shot. Like, like I Doc mean, cannot make these niggas put the ball in the basket. Like, I don't, I don't what also, can he do? Doc also did not do a great job of switching up his schemes to combat what Denver was doing to them. Like, the adjustments, one, once Denver got going in game five, he didn't make any further adjustments. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly, they weren't able to intimidate or body Jokic down there like they thought they would and when they got over aggressive he made them pay like the my issue with the Clippers and the reason why I think Doc one the reason why I think Doc Rivers lost his job is because they couldn't have fired him last year because that team did all that didn't have a star player made it shake into the playoffs, and then they say he was a big selling point for Kawhi coming, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. But we got to look at what what have you done for me lately, right? And I know that you know he's a black right. coach, and he's likely going to be a coach. He like he's not going to take like a Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> Mark Jackson hiatus from coaching. This is likely going to last until the end of the year. Hell, he he will probably have a team by the end of this week. Definitely. Definitely going to be on a team, the head coach of a team, before the NBA does the draft, whenever they do the draft, right? So I think it was time for Doc. To leave, I mean, you got to think about how Doc got there, right? Like they made a, like they traded. <laughs> I 
I have never in my life known. I mean, what type of shit is that? A team <laughs> traded actual assets in cash to get a coach. And I mean, hmm. think about what he's done. Like he, I, to me, I think he's done his part in reviving Clipper basketball. Right? Like right. even before Kawhi and PG came, he uh, he ushered in that you know Lob City shit. And the Clippers went from being, you know, the laughing stock of the NBA to being a culturally relevant team. And so I think, you know, his run in his run in LA, it just didn't pan out. Like it, it was just, it just did not pan out. And the time that it should have worked, he I don't think he was the proper coach for that group. Cause see, Doc is all about people buying into, you know, that Ubuntu shit. Like I am because we are. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George is not doing this shit. <laughs> they like, nigga, no. Y'all are the Clippers, nigga. I am the fun guy. <laughs> and I am playoff P. You feel me? Like, so, you know, that was do, a point of contention. You think Paul George. Do you think Paul George was deserving of the criticism that he's received in these playoffs? I think is we got to define. Is he truly deserving. a baller? Is he washed up? Is is he is he comparable to Dwight Howard? As I've heard some people say, like I think like, we okay, got to wait. The truth, but maybe you need to reconsider. We got to wait until we got to wait until the twenty twenty one season starts. Like I think that's going to be the season that tells us whether or not Paul George is Dwight Howard or not. Because, I mean, what people forget is Paul George's last season in OKC, he was, he was in the running for MVP most of that season until the playoffs, right? And Paul George is just unlucky right he gets he he gets injured or he has these nagging injuries that always flare up down the stretch late in the season and then you know him coming out and talking about you know the mental and emotional issues he had been dealing with just being in the bubble like i heard lebron talk about it at length and some of the other nba players have talked about it since they've left the bubble they they just talk about like to to us, right, we've all been in our homes for the most part, for most of this year, right? Working from home, doing all this type of stuff. But for these guys, I mean, some of them have been there since June. It's getting ready to be October. And they've been in this bubble, unable to leave, like, at all. On top of playing sometimes at the beginning, they was playing every day, sometimes every other day. and. I just think that as fans, especially from the outside looking in, we are grossly undervaluing the impact of being in that bubble and what that's doing to, you know, both the players who are having to play and the product that we see out there on the court, right? Like, you got niggas going through shit. Like, hearing some of those players talk about what it was like to witness certain things that have happened in regards to, you know, our our quest for social justice reform, being in a bubble, 
Like seeing yet another black man killed and you got sons and you hadn't been able to see your son for 50 days at this point. Like mm. feeling like people know that my people are aware that I am in this bubble, unable to leave. My family is at our home. These are famous people. Like the anxiety, the fear of, okay, I have a bad game. People gen generally know where I live. They know I'm not there. They know my family's there. Like it's just those small things that we don't think about because we just think they're a bunch of millionaires on a on a resort playing basketball. And I I, I personally right. like yeah, P PG hasn't shown up the last three or four years in the playoffs. But I, I personally don't think like anybody should be held long-term accountable for any, any drop in play or drop in production from being in that bubble. Cause this shit is, it, it's going to take a toll on people. Like it just is. And how that impacts you is different. Like think about the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets played the most games of anybody in the bubble and when they first started playing they only had seven players there so the they amount definitely of hooped a lot. like they hooped a <laughs> lot so for them they were a relatively young team they needed some time to jail because you get michael porter michael porter back am i saying his name right michael porter yeah okay michael porter. yeah michael porter comes back and this is our first time really getting to see him period in two years, like see him play at all. So right. he has to jail with this team and they played so many games as a young team. I mean, you, the average age on their team is I think 24. Paul Millsap is the oldest young player team. on the team, like super young team. So for them, they hooping, they getting in shape. They, they, they did what they needed to do. So it didn't impact them. A lot as a young team you know nine times out of ten on younger teams you're not going to have as many families so a lot of what those guys you know thought process was okay we here fighting for social justice but i'm here you get what i'm saying like every time you was talking listening mm -hmm. to the denver nuggets they talking about like we here we locked in same way with the miami heat Part which is one of the reasons why I think they are in the position that they are in right now in the NBA Finals. Like they said from day one, I'm here. I'm here to play basketball. And when you're a generally younger team, it's easier to do that. But you take somebody like LeBron James, for instance. LeBron James' son was on Instagram Live with a white girl, and every news outlet said something about it <laughs> right your son gets caught on his instagram smoking weed everybody's talking about it right it's just like th these different experiences i think they are impacting these players differently you know i mm -hmm. i think this is when we look back on it i think some people are gonna put an asterisk next to this you know, championship, this this finals, especially if the Lakers win it. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. 
But I think you know LeBron is they right in a know. lot of ways. They should not, bro. I think it, I think on it. I think this could be the hardest finals right. to have won because it's it it ain't about nothing else, bro. It's like you just got a hoop, bro. If you love basketball, you've loved this book because right. it's all about basketball. It's about hooping. It ain't no fans there getting in the way. It ain't no traveling where niggas can say, oh, well, I took a night off because I was jet lagged a little bit. Nah, nigga, you here. You wake up, walk literally, <laughs> you, you feel me, a couple feet across the lawn, and guess what? It's go time. It's hoop time. And to me, it's shown us what can happen when you eliminate all of that other bullshit. Because we know bullshit happens throughout an NBA season, right? Certain narratives start getting pushed about players. They're hearing it from people. They're hearing it from the fans. It in fact, it it impacts their play. Like, look at Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> Actually, looked like a worthwhile NBA player as far as his effort. I mean, his effort. That's all I'm, I'm talking about. I yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, it's been it's it's been you know, especially like you said, as a basketball fan, I've enjoyed the bubble. Um, you know, I do miss the fan interaction. I do miss you know niggas. I mean, because it's like we've seen niggas hit big shots, and it's just the team go crazy, and you know that's it. We go crazy at home, and that's that. And of course, you miss like just all the fans going wild and shit like that, and just those interactions. Uh, but you know. It's it's been great, and it, and it's kind of like we talked about even before the bubble. It's like we know how niggas be hooping when they get together, and they just be hooping at fucking lifetime and shit like that, mm-hmm. and how niggas just be balling out their ass. And even when niggas talk about you know how they play in practice, how you know even the dudes who don't be balling in the game, they may show out in practice, and you know essentially uh, we've had a chance to see that just by some of the high scoring games that we've seen, mm-hmm. you know, from unlikely players. Uh, so it's it's been great and I've enjoyed it, uh, but definitely not attain a championship. Like you said, I mean, to me, uh, you know, it's it's the real deal. It's the real deal. And uh, I think we're going to have a good series, man. I think it's, you know, some niggas think it's going to be, you know, L.A. and five and shit. And I don't know. I mean, I got L.A. and six personally, but I, think I like Miami, gonna, man. I really like Miami. I really like Miami, too. I think I tweeted this like Miami. Miami fans have believed that they could win this from the beginning of this season. <laughs> like they were the only people who were a great team. And Jimmy Butler came into the bubble saying like, we believe we can win this. I know y'all saying that we can't, I know y'all saying if we make it out the first round, we got Giannis them in the second, but I mean, we believe we can win this. And they went out there and they did it. I like the, you to me, you can't be, a basketball connoisseur and not like how the Miami Heat plays basketball. You just can't because it works. They play hard-nosed defense and they play hard-nosed offense. (laughs) These niggas is going to make you work on defense and then they're going to come work you on offense. And it's just, I'm excited to see this. Uh, It's halftime now. And I saw Jimmy Butler had kind of tweaked his ankle. And I know Anthony Davis mm-hmm. had to leave for a little bit. So I think that's what this is going to be around, right? Like the tale of this finals is going to be about who can stay healthy throughout this series, who's gassed and who's not. 
Right. And so uh, you said you got Lakers in six. Yeah, LA in six, man. I got as I, I mean it's crazy, but I got I got Lakers in six too. Hmm. I can see why people are saying five. Um but I, I think sweep. I mean the, the crazy part of it is it's all about for Miami, it's all about whether Bam can win his matchup with A D and whether mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero can continue this shooting streak that they are. Right. Because you're going to expect Jimmy to get his. Goran Dragic is going to, he's going to get his, right? But if you can limit them, because it's not like they just are going to give you 40 every game, right? That's not, no shade to them. That's just not their game. And so Miami does it by spreading the wealth. Like they average, you know, six or seven players in double figures. Like that's hard as hell. They've True. been able to do. They've had a really balanced attack. Um, so I think it's a, it's going to come down to whether or not Miami can continue to hit shots. If they can continue to hit shots, get to the free throw line, then I know for a fact they can win two games. No, for a fact they can I mean, win. And I. I because I've seen the Lakers I think take Spoh off. Spo is a great coach. Oh yeah, Eric Spoelstra is going to. This is my thing, right? This this may be a hot take or it may be a famous take. I don't know. I I, I don't really just be on the NBA like message boards or whatever. But the the <laughs> level of respect that the Boston Celtics coach gets for his mind should be for Eric Spoelstra. I think, I think I think Miami organization get a lot of respect and you know maybe Spoelstra is lumped into that uh but you know I think everybody acknowledges Miami is just a well-run organization starting at Pat Riley going all but the way But see down. that's my issue man it always be Pat like I I like I know Pat Pat Riley is want? the identity of the Miami Heat he's built that heat right. culture like I get it but at some point you have to give the other people involved their flowers right like like I tweeted after after the heat won, I said they're gonna make this entire narrative about LeBron James and Pat Riley. And you know what the first thing somebody said as soon as the game was over with? They cut to SVP and you know what he was talking about? LeBron <laughs> James meets up with his old friend, Pat Riley, yep. or lack thereof. Like I've heard so many different interviews and read so many different think pieces about how him and Pat Riley, their thought process is so similar that once their relationship sour, it's going to be sour forever. And like, just to me, this series should be about the product on the floor for the Miami heat, not the heat culture, but the product on the floor. And that is a byproduct of heat culture, but you got so many characters, right? On this Miami heat team that have now been put on this, in the spotlight. Like this is their time. Like I read the story about Duncan Robinson. Like he didn't know whether or not he was even going to get picked up by an NBA team. So he was trying to go into sports media. And now he's playing in the finals. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero been a bad motherfucker since I first saw him 
on the hoop mixtape videos when he was like right. in 10th grade. Hooper, like they was like, this is a hooping ass white boy. He out there talking cash shit. The same way he played now, he played then. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy Butler, I mean, I think everybody knows that this podcast really appreciates what Jimmy Butler brings to yeah. the NBA, especially. But, you know, when you got that and you got a BAM out of bio who just gonna fucking do the work, <laughs> like, BAM is a basketball player and he's just gonna do the work. Like, you, I would much rather it be about them and what this young group can do versus the Lakers who who were, you know, basically crafted for this run. Right. So I, I I would like to see more of that narrative. But I mean, you know, it's LeBron and Pat Riley. Well, I mean, you know, I love Pat. Love Pat, but I mean this to me the Heat have already overachieved. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they should be proud of what they've done. Uh, but you know, this is LeBron's fifth ring, man. It's just what it is. Fourth. You know, so fourth. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. This is his fourth ring. Look at me trying to give him a, yeah. a extra ring. You gotta earn that, Brian. Yeah. But I mean, Bastard. so what do you real quick, because I know we don't want to make this a LeBron James discussion <laughs> fest. LeBron James. But do you be, do you agree with some of the some of the personalities and voices that say LeBron bringing a championship to L.A. will cement his legacy. Anything he does after this is going to be just basically the sugar on top. Because at that point, he will have got taken three organizations to three titles. Mm-hmm. And had, he will have restored you know, the glory for lack of better words to the Lakers brought Cleveland, their first title and kind of set up the framework, this heat culture that they are still, you know, reaping the benefits of. Right. Mm. I mean, I, I think, I think LeBron, I mean, I think it is just the cherry on top. Like, you know, I do feel like his legacy is already cemented. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything that LeBron could do where we looking at him higher than he already has. I mean, I think this season was important because, you know, niggas was low key, like acting like LeBron uh, maybe wasn't it. I mean, you remember last year, niggas was talking about trading LeBron in this offseason and how Lakers may be better if they got rid of LeBron mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just started over and started to build and, uh, and I was somebody who was like, yeah, I mean, maybe that ain't a bad idea. Yeah, I remember. But, you know, it's like this season, it's like, uh, it's just clear. It's just clear, like, okay, this nigga's still the truth. Uh, he was, he was damn near should have been the MVP. Uh, I mean, it's just, wow. You know what I mean? So I don't think the ring would mean anything. I mean, it's great that he could say, hey, I got four of them instead of three. Uh, but um I just feel like with AD's addition to the team, I mean, AD is a huge part of why they're winning this ring. I probably like equally as, as, as LeBron. Like I just look at this as a great duo instead of like LeBron's team with AD uh, as I feel like it was kind of looked at when he played with Kyrie, even though I do feel like that was a duo as well. But, you know, he solidified, man. He solidified. I just don't know if we're going to look at him greater than what he is 
uh, if he gets the ring or not. But it's it's a nice thing to say. Yeah, one above. Yeah. Definitely, and the the way in which he he will have done it. I mean, you know, I think everything's going. If if they win the championship, and LeBron is the Finals MVP, I think all of that shit that went on where the players had at one point were going to boycott and they weren't going to play and niggas was talking about how they didn't like how LeBron was talking to these niggas. <laughs> like, bro, imagine being imagine being a 22-year-old, you know, all-star talking about, I don't like how that nigga talking to me. Nigga, you better just sit over there with this nigga? <laughs> and, and drink your Capri Sun, sir. LeBron say I've been in this league longer than all you. LeBron niggas. gonna be like, and I'm still the nigga, truth. I saw Tyler Hero as a little kid, right? And this is gonna sound crazy, but I saw Tyler Hero as a little kid in a Miami Heat jersey. There was a LeBron James Heat jersey. <laughs> like when they posted mm. the picture, I was like, "Yo, this is crazy," right? But think about that. Like, mm. you know, no disrespect to Kobe at all, but Probably for the last 10 years, LeBron James has been the best player in the NBA. Yeah. Like, I think, I you know, Kobe, they won in what, 09? Yeah, 09 and 2010. Yeah, I think that, that I think 2010 was, I think that 2010 year, because that was the year that they beat the Magic, right? 2010, they beat the Celtics. So, oh, 09, nine, they beat the Magic. So that year that they beat the Magic was the year that we thought we were supposed... The year we thought we was going to get LeBron, Kobe in the finals. But, right, you know, LeBron and them could only win one game, yeah. right? So... Hey, man. Hito, man. Shout out to yeah, Blue. So I think after that year, right? <laughs> so 2010, I think that's when... Because it had been a conversation, but, I mean, Kobe Bryant was Kobe Bryant. But I think after Kobe right. them won they last one, I think that's when LeBron took his shit to the next level and was like, okay, I'm the guy. And hmm. I mean, it's 2020. He's in year 17. He changed positions, led every statistical category for his new position. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I don't know what else we like. I think we've I've said this a lot. I've heard a lot of different people say this, but people aren't going to appreciate LeBron James until he's gone. I mean, let, let's look, look at this, right? They just flashed this up on the screen. LeBron James all time playoff ranks number one in minutes, number one in points, number one in wins, number one in steals. He's second in three-point field goals made, second in triple doubles, and third in assists. Like, I I don't think that people have been able to fully appreciate what we've witnessed, and they won't until we're looking back on this shit. And it's going to take another generation to be like, why did y'all treat this nigga this way? (laughs) Like, why did y'all do these niggas like this? I mean, we've already seen it with... You know, unfortunately, you know, the death of Kobe Bryant. But it's like, I just went back and, you know, we were pretty passionate here on this podcast. But it's like, I just think about how how motherfuckers talked about Kobe while he was alive. And then 
to the point to where, okay, after Kobe retired, I think you began to see fans who hated him really realize, like, oh, shit, like, okay. And then he dies, right? And then it's like the whole world can stop and acknowledge, okay, this is who he was to the point where it's like it sparked entire new ways of thinking, ways of teaching children for sure. You dig what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I think we 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 found ourselves doing the same thing, unfortunately, with LeBron James. Like he's been such a polarizing figure for his entire adult life. Like he's been a household name since he was 15 years old. And for the most part, he's been the only thing that has lived up to its billing. <laughs> right. So I say all of that to I'm say, with you, man. man. I mean, generational player, man. Yeah, definitely. You, you, you. I don't. You can't. When I think of the NBA, right? I think of different moments, right? You have. The the era of the ABA NBA and the Dr. J transitioning into, you know, the Larry Bird, Magic Johnson era. And then it, it you go Michael Jordan. And then from Michael Jordan, you go in all of these other different directions, right? Like the game just changed that way. But I think the global impact of the NBA beyond basketball is LeBron James's claim to fame. I, I think him having the opportunity to take his own future into his hands, the way in which he did it, you know, whether you agree with it or not, it put the world on notice. And then the world started paying attention to what the players were thinking and what it is that they wanted. Right. You did what I'm saying? To the point to where now, like, we are actively, like, if a player, like, people are actively watching what's happening in Philadelphia. Because the center in Philadelphia is at the point where he like, shit, I'm tired of losing. Clearly, men, they keep saying me and Ben can't fucking work together. So, like, this nigga, <laughs> like, imagine right. you get eliminated from the, from the playoffs and you actively cheering for the Miami Heat. Like, y'all just got eliminated, bro. And you actively cheering for the Miami Heat, who just so happens to have Jimmy Butler on there, who you just so happen to have said is one of the greatest teammates you've ever had. And he's not been very subtle about telling you to come join him in Miami. Right? Like, we pay attention to things like that because of LeBron James. Like, you know, so... I say all of that to say, you know, shout out to LeBron. I definitely, you know, can say with almost full certainty that he's going to get number four. And I think that, you know, once he gets this fourth one, everything else is just going to be an added bonus. I think LeBron's going to continue to try to win. But at that point, he's just going to do whatever he needs to do so that he can still be in the league when Bronny comes. Right. I'm sure he won't five, though. I'm sure he won't five to match Kobe. I think he still wants seven. <laughs> he still wants seven. I just don't know. I don't know, man. It's a little too late, bro. I mean, he only got. I mean, a I don't think he left, can. Man. It's going to take a lot. 
I don't think he can get it. I'm just telling you, I think he wants seven still. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that that's what, I think that's what he wants. And well, next year he's going to have Kyrie and KD to worry about and the Warriors. So um, good luck. (laughs) Yep. And, and the Clippers with an actual off season and a new coach. The, yeah, it's, you know, this next season is going to be interesting. Okay, well, I think uh, that's going to do it for today, man. Um, you know, I just, um, just to kind of reiterate, I mean, I know we t- obviously spoke a lot about this towards the beginning of our pod, but it's like, yo, you know, we just had the debate. I mean, we're going to have more shit that's coming up, but, you know, please use your voice and vote. We're always going to keep advocating for that. Um, and it's a lot of big things just coming up, you know, just for our podcast as a whole. So, uh, you know, we've been having a lot of people reach out in terms of merch, right? Merch. And I know we've been talking about merch, but uh, I mean, we here now. I mean, we are here. So in the next month, we will have uh, some items available for you all. So it's going to be our first run. So if you want to support us, if you want to support us or you've been wanting to support us and you just want to find the perfect way to do so, uh, not only should you listen, uh, you should, you know cop some merch man you know i know i'm finna cop you know every color you know what i'm saying especially as we gearing up for the fall for the winter uh so we do got some merch coming soon and we gonna drop some proofs for you all so you can see what we gonna have available uh and please you know if you got any questions reach out uh but definitely you know make your voice heard to us by you know supporting us via that uh you can always support us by copying you some candles, BRX candles, uh, with the promo code five bracks, nigga. Uh, and that's, you know, yeah. So, you know, that's just the easiest way, especially if you're trying to just have your, your crib smelling good, but also if you want to look good, cop that merch that's coming soon. Uh, so please do that. Uh, Nate, do you have anything before we close out, man? Anything additional? Nah, man, we appreciate y'all as always for continuing to support and listen to the after five podcast. Shout out to y'all for continuous support. Like AC said, make sure that you cop some merch. Uh, ladies, this is unisex. So if you want to cop you, Ear. you want to cop you a, a size appropriate joint, it definitely can be worn. If you want to cop you a huge joint, wear it like, you know, a huge shirt to go to sleep. That's definitely ideal too. I mean, we, we giving you straight quality. You dig what I'm saying? And so, we appreciate y'all. Continue to support us. And uh, we'll see y'all next week, man. Peace. Holla.